Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com on the contrary show, final one of the year. I'm Dave Lockhart at Lafayette underscore D. For those of you on podcast listeners, that is L O U G H Y underscore D. And while Alex Baker taking a little time off will not be with us again this week, we pulled some great guests for you last week Neil Orfield, Ryan uh, Petnayak, and then again this week, just an absolute killer in the DFS space. You may know him as the Colts. I know him as that. Well, and also Steve Buzzard, world fantasy football champion in 2018, Millie Maker winner, multiple time 100K winner in the DFS round. What's going on, man? Glad, uh, glad to have you with us. Yeah, great. Uh, glad to be uh, called up for the show. R- remembering back to earlier this year, doing a couple of these shows as well. So uh, always glad to get on the, on here, talk a little NFL have been really deep in the NBA streets here recently. So it's good to good to talk some NFL, hoping we have some uh, fun games like last week. Yeah, man. And this one's unique because we only have two games. We've narrowed it down from week to week, uh, both of them on Sunday. And just once you get into this, uh, this type of space, when you're talking championships, championship uh, matchups, there's still some value but you start to get to to a lot of really good players. It starts to become a little bit more difficult. So uh, I, I want to, being that this is on the contrary and that we had the matchup show yesterday, ownership show on Tuesday, first look, or sorry, Wednesday, first look on Tuesday and all that. I definitely want to take a more strategy-based approach here. You're the perfect guy for the job. So we can dive into that. We'll obviously get to all of the players as well, but um, take a different approach, a little bit of a a new angle than we have all week. So happy to have you guys with us. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet and subscribe to the channel. I've said it a bunch. I'll say it again. Thank you for getting us over 70,000 subs. We're almost at 72 here. Just keeping uh, that, that long trek awkward or upward, sorry, to a hundred thousand subs. We'll be there soon enough. Uh, yeah. So hit the thumbs up, help us out, help us feed the algorithm. Got to play the games around here. And if you want to join, hit that join. Now you see the badges in chat. You get the badges that uh, change over time for as long as you're with us, custom emojis, free super chats each month, and we'll always prioritize your comments and questions along with our premium Discord members. Steve, you ready to dive into this? Yeah, let's go. All right, so first thing I want to ask you is, like I said, we'll, we'll take a strategy approach at first. When it comes to ownership for these short slates, obviously it's important, but how important is it when usually, usually speaking, and there's a couple guys that may not fit this mold this week, but usually on, on such an abbreviated slate, the highest owned guys are clearly the best plays. Um, so when you factor in ownership, how, how, do you do anything differently than you would on these bigger slates? Yeah, so so a couple of things to think about, uh, first of all, with a, a two-game slate is we don't really have a lot of two game slates in the NFL. And they got um, and rid of the damn doubleheader on Monday night football, which is the greatest <laughs> thing ever. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a fun one. Always like at least a couple of times a year. Right. So, but uh, I mean, we, we had a couple, even last week there were, I mean, there were some smaller ones, but the major one was the four gamer. Um, there's a couple like Saturday slates, but, there, but there's not a lot of them. So I think, you know, one of the things that, a normal casual player has as a nice advantage versus a, a pro player is pro players 
like me, I tend to try to get in a rhythm of playing a slate a certain way. And I just don't get a lot of chance to practice these type of slates with, with two gamers. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm certainly spending a fair amount of time thinking about it this week and, and have been, but I don't think that uh, pro players have quite the same advantage that they might have in other weeks. So this is definitely a week that you should be able to one, take advantage of our tools that we have, but two, just be able to, uh, you know, think your way through strategically in a, in a way that a lot of the pros may not have a, a good advantage to do so. Well, that's um, encouraging. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, but to your, to your original question on ownership, I think the way I'm thinking about it is it stands out a little bit more so uh, this week on ownership. You're, you're right, all the good plays are high owned and they're going to you know, get a lot of uh, notoriety from the public, especially not only because they're good plays, but also everyone watched all these games last week. They know who all the players are. These aren't uh, the Lions with, you know, guys that we don't even know about. These are like the best of the best teams. So no one's going to catch you off guard. They're going to be uh, the popular plays. But the thing that gets tricky is as you get lineups that are more popular, uh, everyone is going to kind of go on to those same type of lineups. So if you find a lineup with Mahomes and Kelsey and it fits together with Debo Samuel correctly and, you know, all these things that kind of work out together, a lot of people are going to have that same lineup and it's really tough to differentiate yourself if you, if you go down that, that route. So I really like to weight ownership a little bit heavier uh, in a contest like this. And I, I kind of liken it to some of the, um, you know, contests like MMA, for instance, or, or NBA showdowns, or even like the NFL showdowns, uh, you just got to try to get a little bit different so that you're not kind of duplicating uh, with as many people. And uh, Tyler Zander, good stuff putting that down there uh, in the in the lower, that'll be helpful since we don't have a sidebar when we go through these topics. Because uh, I'm going to rip through a few of them with you, Stephen. And, and what you just talked about towards the end was a, a great segue for this this next question. How do you approach stacking on a two game slate? Now, obviously, there's there's an there's there's an easy answer for that, but I want to get a little bit more granular here in the sense of you talk about all of the popular plays, and we we agree. Like a lot of times, popular plays can be act like I won't say objectively bad plays, but can fail a lot more often uh, than than you're seeing people get to them. Uh, the with stacking, since we know there's going to be a lot of overlap with a lot of these high price players with a lot of teams being stacked and having a popular run back and just an overall similar build. Oftentimes when you get to the high price players on one team with the, with the same run back, it can funnel you into a very similar lineup to other people, even if you don't want to, are there any different ways that we can stack maybe like avoid run backs on a team or, or stack a less popular team or stack them without their elite receiver. These are all like legitimate questions that I'm willing to to work through, but I don't really know the answer to this. And, and you made a great point. We don't get a lot of two game slates. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really hard to, to think through those because, because we don't have a lot of uh, time to practice them. There, there were a couple of things that I, I thought kind of stood out a little bit to me on stacking and um, a couple. So, so one, for instance, is we know that, Cooper Cup is going to be very popular, rightfully so. He's, you know, the highest priced player on the slate by a good amount. He's as consistent as they come. But what we also see is Stafford is not super popular. 
So that's one where maybe it makes sense if you're going with a Cooper Cup stack to still stack him, but with, with Stafford, right? Because a lot of people are going to be running Cooper Cup lineups without Stafford. But maybe if you run a Stafford and Cup lineup, because almost all the Stafford lineups are going to have Cup, right? You're going to, you want to get a little bit different. Maybe your run back option isn't Debo Samuel in that uh, situation, or maybe you actually go for a more stacked play. You go with Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby or Cooper Cup and uh, Odell Beckham, just different ways that people aren't going to hopefully uh, get as much to the same lineups. If you build your Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford lineup and it, the rest of the guys kind of fall into to the right order. Like, you know, Debo Samuel fits perfectly and, Oh, you can't get Tyree kill. That's very difficult to do. Don't follow that same path. Exactly. Go, go with something a little bit different. Well, and that's what I'm talking about where it funnels you into very yeah. similar builds. Right. Um, another question that I, again, I, I think I know the answer to this, but it's probably still worth asking. Are you willing to stack teams without their primary receiver? I mean, like with the Rams, stacking them without Cooper Cup just seems like an exercise in futility, Steve. Right? Like so many of these teams, it feels really ugly. I'm just thinking through in large field tournaments, are there any ways for us to really get contrarian without being stupid? Because there's a really considerable distinction there. Yeah, for sure. If if you're going to do something like that with without Cooper Cup, for instance, in, in this example, I think he's a bad um, example. I'm, I'm sorry. I, mean I, I think, I think, I think be... it's reasonable. OK, go ahead. Then let's hear yeah. it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a great you know, I don't think it's something I would want to do with. Right. You're not like, recommending like, if, you I, that if I if I had. Yeah, exactly. If I if I had Stafford in uh, 100 lineups, I wouldn't say do that in like 90 of them, you know, right. or something, but but maybe in like 30 of them or, or something like that. You, But I think what you want to do in that situation is you want it to be a pretty heavy stack. You know, you want it to be maybe you go with guys like Odell Beckham and uh, Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby go go three guys into the lineup. I think that's a a really good way to to kind of negate that. Maybe your hope is that Cooper Cup gets shut down. Very unlikely. Maybe I mean we don't like rooting for injuries, but maybe he gets injured. That's a possibility. So those are the type of things that you could potentially hope for. You're not the thing that you have on on the small slates is that you. Um, you, you don't always have to have like a super huge score. You have to have the best score of the slate, but it's possible that if Cooper Cup were to get hurt, then the, uh, the, the, the highest score is, you know, going to be a little bit lower. A lot of times on a huge slate, if Cooper Cup were to get hurt, okay, it doesn't really matter. Odell Beckham and, uh, Van Jefferson and those guys aren't going to come and play because you're going to have a huge game from another person. But in this type, you only have three other games, so it's a lot more likely to have one of those uh, lesser guys kind of come through for you. And what tools are you using, like primarily for this? I know, I know, obviously the awesome tools, but what do you like? Because I know for MMA, you love the the top fighters tool, right? We have the boom bust tool uh, for NFL top stacks. We have ownership and and all of that. Is there any way that you're you're blending these together? What's your approach for these slates? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is looking at the the boom bust tool. I mean, that's certainly always my favorite for pretty much any slate, any sport. Um, 
you can look at like the optimal percentage, the, the boom percentage, and just kind of get a feel for how how much you want of, of those players, kind of comparing them over to what their ownership rates are as well. So that, that's normally my, my biggest go-to. And of course, you know, our ownership projections are something that I think we have to take into uh, consideration a lot as well. For sure. And uh, if you want a free month of Awesome O Plus Platinum, like we were just talking about all of the tools, ownership, player projections, top stack tool, boom, bust tool, all of that lineup builder. You can get the fantasy cruncher add on on top of that for all sports, not just football, but basketball, hockey, MMA, NASCAR, PGAs in full swing, all of that. All you got to do, and this is pretty cool. Just use the link in the description or the one that Tyler Zander is about to throw in the chat and sign up with our sponsor prize picks. Not only do you get a free month of awesome $90 value, like I said, legitimately everything on the site for every sport, but also you get a hundred dollar deposit bonus when you use the promo code awesome over at prize picks. It's a player prop platform. It's pretty sick. There's no juice on either side. You just take the over or the under. They have an insane menu of props across the board. Uh, the best you're going to find out there and you can build lineups, whether it's two, three, four or five prop lineups. And unlike traditional books, where if you hit four legs of a five leg parlay, you make nothing, you still two X your money here. And that's what's sweet about prize picks. You can still make money and sustain your bankroll while giving yourself the chance to 10 X or 10 X, even on a four player power play where you're just doing four props and you got to hit them all. Uh, I would definitely recommend you check it out. Prizepicks.com or the app store or the Google play store, wherever it is, but use the promo code. Awesome. get your uh, sign up with the deposit bonus up to hundred dollars. More importantly, use the link to sign up. You get a free month of Awesome Plus just by signing up. That's all you need to do. And I would, the biggest thing, Steve, just to throw this out there, use Odd Shopper, where we're already giving you the expected win rate and our projections on these players entirely free if you really want a significant edge at prize picks. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think that's definitely the best way that you can go about whether it's prize picks, whether it's any of the other sports books. Uh, I mean, I like to go out there and just kind of find a couple of uh, bets consistently and see which one it looks like is, is good for the day. Maybe pair it with a couple of other ones and give a, a parlay. And I, I think it's a really, really fun way to one play prize picks. Also do some sports betting, combine that with DFS. You got a, you got a perfect day. Yes, you do. Prizepicks.com or download it in the App Store, Google Play Store, wherever. Use the promo code AWESOMO. Use the link in the description and in chat. Get the free month. Get your sign-up bonus. Start winning some money over there at Prizepicks. All right, so this is fun, Steve, because chat keeps asking questions that we've got lined up. So we're just going to – I'm just going to tee you up and let's talk about it. Um, One of the big things, Tyler, if I go a little bit out of order here, just follow it. You see where we're going, right? Um, The – actually, you know what? Chris, let me hold that off until, until I hit on this next one. What are your top ways, Steve, to stack teams like Kansas City and the Rams and Cincinnati this week? Do you have any unique ways of doing that so we can kind of come full circle on this uh, stacking strategy? Yeah, w- one other thing I was thinking about um, just uh, you know, as we were talking that isn't necessarily a stack per se, but it's an, it's an interesting way to build a lineup is – a lot of the lineup builders kind of have the auto default set up that you don't stack your defense with any offensive sure. players. And I don't know that that's necessarily the right answer here on a two game slate. I think you could very easily stack your, you know, other op- opponents for versus each other. So 
uh, against the defense, right? So I think that's a, a good way to to think about that. Yeah, we talked about it last week uh, that there even a willingness not just to play a couple guys against the defense, but even stack against them. We've seen how defensive touchdowns can make a huge difference. And when you only have four defenses on a slate too, Steve, it's, it's also very possible that just none of them perform particularly well. So you went to the cheapest available option and they only scored a couple points less than the other one, but it allowed you maybe to get from uh, a decent player to an even better player. Uh, the, yeah. the only thing I'd say about that, and just curious, defenses in terms of salary are not spread out, right? Like it's very condensed yeah. this week. So I think it would be more so not a way to open up salary, but probably a way to just be different or not even just be different, but not worry too much about who your defense is against who you're playing. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even the $800 savings or so on, on DraftKings between the Bengals and um, I don't know. 600. Sure the top 600. Okay. Yeah. No significant. I, I I'm not that, saying it I mean, isn't. It does, it, it does help a little bit. Right. So like, especially the Bengals are, not popular at all. I, th I think that they're pretty, uh, pretty interesting way to if they get a defensive touchdown any any way that you can think of. And if that's even if they give up 30 points, that that could be something like you're saying, that's good enough to get you there. For sure. And look, I'm not saying it's not significant. I I'm just yeah. saying it's not it's like not a regular big. season where you have a 2k defense and then your highest price defense is 4500. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Okay. Back to what we were talking about. Do you have any unique ways that you want to stack some of these top teams? I didn't really throw the Niners in here. We can talk about them if you want. I'm perfectly happy to do that. But uh, are there any unique ways that you want to get, like specifically with some of these teams that have some pretty high totals and Kansas City and Cincinnati locked into what should be a high scoring game as well? Yeah, I, I think the probably the biggest thing, and this isn't like specific to any team, but it's just like mix up a different ways that you're uh, stacking them. I mean, if you're doing just a, a simple stack of cup and Stafford, that's, that's not really going to get you too far. Or Mahomes and right. Hill. I, I think you want to, you know, get kind of unique, whether it's stacking an, an all on onslaught, you could, if you really, you know, got aggressive and went like Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and Hart, Hardman and, and just like go full on, on that type of a, a play and just jam all those guys in there and try to see what else fits. I think that is a completely reasonable approach. And if you also, I think we've seen a couple of teams that are, you know, trying to get their uh, running backs involved too, right? So you could stack like uh, Mixon has gotten a lot more receptions yep. here recently. So you could stack Mixon plus Jamar Chase and, and hope that that works with Burroughs, for instance. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, at, at this point, there's no reason we should be excluding running backs with our stacks, right? Yeah, I, yeah. It, it feels like even teams that might not have the most potent pass-catching backs with only two games, you, you have to – at least I would think you, you can't get away from that too much. Are, are you okay with going with an onslaught without a run back, or do you want to make sure you have run backs in, in all of your lineups? Uh, I don't think you need it. If I went to a complete onslaught, then I'd probably be a little bit more likely to. Like if I if I did that full uh, chief stack example right. there, I'm, I might be a little bit more likely to. But it might is be. Is it fair to tough. say that you're probably? Is it fair to say, Steve, that you're probably going to naturally run into runbacks on a two game slate anyway? Yeah, I, th I think that's true because you can only you can only get so many yeah uh, so many players. 
if it's not quite like a huge onslaught, then I think it it is a different way to get different, right? Because you could just say, hey, Mahomes with Hill and Kelsey and maybe not that third guy and then just really load up on the other game. I mean, that's not something that a lot of people are going to do. And yeah, it's not the best strategy from a correlation standpoint, but it might be a way for you to get a little bit different, uh, you know, from a, a duplicated people, you know, running the same lineup as you. So I think that has its own merits as well. Absolutely. You know, what's odd? Because uh, I want to talk about this backfield for Kansas City. It is strange that Clyde Edwards Alaire has has props, but we don't have any props for Jarek McKinnon out this week. I, I looked on Odd Shopper, which just uh, grabs all of the curates, basically all of them for you across any book that's available in your state, which is why it's the best place to go for this. There's there's nothing there. Yeah, that is kind of odd. Um, I, I hadn't noticed that one in particular, but um, especially because it seems like he's getting, you know, more of the workload. I know that was his first game back for CEH and they kind of split the the rushing attempts equally. And maybe they're, you know, we're, we're kind of saying, hey, CEH is kind of the more known guy, but especially like receiving props, you would think that you would, you would see some of those from McKinnon. Yeah, there's nothing, which is odd. And this is, this is one of the tougher backfields to try and figure out here. You've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who looked very good on the ground in his return, and then Jarek McKinnon, who we've got him projected for 42.5% for ownership on DraftKings right now, Steve. So, I mean, yeah, Akers and Mixon are popular, but McKinnon is right up there with them. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is getting about half of that projected ownership, which makes this a really unique situation on such a short slate. Yeah, the thing that could could be pretty interesting for uh, CEH is just having the opportunity to, uh, you know, maybe ice the game away a little bit if they get up a lot. Uh, he's very likely to be the player that's more likely to be on the field. I know it was a nine to seven split this time for Russian attempts and McKinnon really out targeted him seven to two, as you would expect. But that was a really close game. That was a game that the Chiefs were in uh you know battling all the way to the end one of the best games of all time really um so we would expect that to be the perfect game script for mckinnon with another game back for ceh i think it's definitely possible that they give the ball to him a little bit more often especially if they get in the lead as is kind of expected with the seven and a half point spread so yeah i think it's definitely worthwhile to go to ceh i think that the offense in general is a lot better to run it through Mahomes instead of CEH, but uh, we'll see how that, how that plays off. So at that ownership discrepancy, I don't know if I love getting to either one of them, but, um, but I think it's, uh, especially since we have guys like Mixon that are kind of more the, he's going to do everything on, on the slate. So, but I don't think it's a bad strategy at all. One of the, yeah. So one thing I want to ask you, and so I was trying to read chat and juggle a couple of things at once here. So if you answered it, just let me know already. But uh, the, the one, the one question we had earlier, and I think it's, it's a relevant question is, are you willing to roster both of those guys at the same time? So on top of that, how, how much do you factor in that if you're rostering both of them, sorry, in the same lineup is what I meant. If you're rostering both of them in the same lineup, what's the opportunity cost when like 
all of these other running backs, save for Joe Mixon, who's not even that expensive himself, but all of them are basically around the same price as them and have what we expect to be bell cow roles on their respective teams. Yeah, I, I think you could definitely run both of those two together. I think you even can run both of them together in, in showdown, to be honest. Um, there's a very good chance that you could see, you know, McKinnon be involved in the passing game early and then CH kind of, you know, getting a lot of carries, both of them scoring a touchdown. And if they both score a touchdown, that's probably something that you're going to need in order to to win showdown for sure. And it's probably a reasonable chance that that's something that you need to win uh, the main slate as well. And it gives you some cost savings because cost savings is really something you need a bit there. There are no great values like you were, you were alluding to earlier. So uh, their, their price is pretty attractive and I think it could, it could work on the main slate. I wouldn't probably play Mahomes if I'm running both of them together, but I think it makes a lot of sense to, to put them both together. Okay. Yeah, I get it. High scoring game, uh, highest. Imp- they have they must have the highest implied total on the slate, right? It's got to be higher yep. than the Rams. Yeah, yep. by far. I mean, 30, almost 31 points. So I think that would be the one argument for it, for sure. I, I do think there's some opportunity because given that so many of these other guys are, are priced similarly, but I get it. Yep. Um, are you are you OK with being overweight on Edwards Alaire or do you think that this ownership makes sense on both of these guys? Uh, so in general, I think they're probably a little bit too popular for me. So if I am going to play them, I, I like, I don't mind having them together, like I said, but I don't in, in general, I think my, my more preferred option is going with Mixon and Mitchell because of that cost savings. Isn't that significant? Uh, especially with the fact that those guys are going to be, you know, very heavily involved in their offenses. They're the, the key guys. Um, and they're not really that much more popular. I mean, Mixon, it looks like is, you know, 47%, the ownership that I pulled. I don't know if we have an, an update from that, but I mean, I think that that is not too bad for, for him. And, you know, Eli Mitchell's is not that high at all. I know he's kind of splitting some snaps with Debo now at this point, but he is getting a ton of work in general every week. Um, so he, he's a guy that he's been over 20 carries every game since week 10. So, you know, that they're going to, and they're going to try to run the ball and, and slow that down and keep it out of uh, Garoppolo's hands. So I think Mitchell also makes a lot of sense. Wait till we talk about Cam Akers, who is just popping in the boom bust tool. Uh, first though, if you are a resident of Louisiana or New York, uh, sports betting is live now, which is pretty awesome. And well, we have some insane bonuses, some, some sign-up bonuses. You have to rise. These books are, all of them are vying for, for competition for, for your business. And in doing so, they're going to give you some insane offers. Like, uh, whereas here's one bet $10, win 200. If any team scores a touchdown in either conference championship game. So essentially it is a free $200. That's bet G, uh, MGM. Uh, a free NBA jersey if you bet $100 with Caesar Sportsbook. That's cool. I like the $200 one better. But uh, you can also take advantage of $1,000 risk-free bet with BetMGM. I told you, they're just giving it away right now. And up to $1,500 match deposit bonus with Caesars in both Louisiana and New York. So all of these, all of these you can check out in the link. Do we have a link, too, that we can put in chat, Tyler, or just one in the description? You got it? Okay. 
yeah, if you're in New York or Louisiana, check that out for sure. All right, Steve. So where am I? Oh, I know where I'm at. Cam Akers is where I left off. 13.9% positive leverage score. Uh, highest chance of being in the optimal, according to our boom bust tool, by a, by a mile. I mean, coming off a 24-carry game, he was wildly underwhelming from an efficiency standpoint. Lost two fumbles that could have lost them the game. But if he has the same workload this week at this price, you're going to be hard-pressed to, to not really want to play a lot of Cam Akers just based on the scarcity of the position. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to, to think to get your takes on this one as well. This whole uh, situation is a little bit murky to me. Um, I know we're, we're showing it as a lot towards Cam Akers, and uh, I think a lot of places across the industry are as well, but he's only averaged 2.3 yards per carry since he's came back. I mean, it's a Steve, great... You're preaching to the choir, my man. <laughs> It's a great story that he's back from this Achilles injury, but I mean, 2.3 carry 2.3 yards per carry and two fumbles that, like you said, that could have cost them the game. Do, do they, I mean, Sony Michelle was good this year. Why do they want to completely forget about Sony Michelle? Darrell Henderson might be coming back. I mean, I, they activated him from the injury list. We'll see how we, if he practices today or not. Um, I, I really am. I don't like that ownership at all. And maybe it'll come down if Henderson is, you know, active, but it, it just really worries me. And if, it, if the ownership stays up that high, I think it's a, a place that I probably want to get away from. I don't know if I'm super excited about playing Sony Michelle or, or Henderson either uh, because we just don't know in the, in the showdown, I think, if you mix in those guys for sure, it, it makes a lot of sense. And maybe you could even, uh, you know, play them here and there in the main main slate. But they are they're getting a little bit of of uh, ownership, at least for Michelle. I don't have the Henderson one. I don't think we have him projected for anything yet because we're not because his status is unknown. But I'm really unsure. What what are you kind of thinking? Look, uh, I like him a little more in a vacuum this week than I did last week because I. Chat knows, chat knows. I took some heat pre, uh, prior to, to this game for not just offering up a glowing endorsement of Cam Akers for every lineup, you know? And then, like you said, I, I think sometimes it's easy for us to kind of uh, conflate the fact that he came back for after five and a half months with the fact that he's just been great. You know what I mean? It's admirable. He, he returned. I mean, it's really impressive. But he hasn't been that good. And that was kind of the thing. And, and even last year, last year as a rookie, when he got that, that big workload, he had one really big game. I believe it was against the Patriots. And then one game he played injured, I think, against Arizona. It was a must-win game. He was overall fine. But he wasn't, he wasn't markedly better than somebody like Daryl Henderson. He just wasn't. And while I think Cam Akers is good, I also think that we're just assuming this guy is, is incredible right now. Uh, I, I don't. And... I think the problem here is he's insanely high on one, one, one person, Steve, earlier this week, uh, kind of threw out the idea that what if he does get all the work early on and then fumbles and then he's done. I think that's possible. I think it's also in the realm of possibilities that Sonny Michelle does get more weight more work. Uh, so yeah, it, it's tough. And, and Anton Murphy says acres is a good play this week. I mean, obviously dude, he's getting like insane amount of ownership. All of that's understandable. What you're saying, Steve, is that maybe it's not as cut and dry 
uh, as as it as it has been, or or as as we'd like to think it is. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if we look back, like when Sony Michelle was playing, I mean, week 13, 24 carries for 120 yards, 18, week 15, 18 for 92, 27 for 131, 19 for 74. Uh, Henderson had big games throughout the season, 21 for 78, 17 for 82, 14 for 89. I mean, these are guys that they're not bums, right? And uh, if Akers is still getting 2.3 yards per carry and fumbling consistently. I know he was the best back, you know, in terms of pure raw talent, if he's a hundred percent healthy, but I mean, I don't know that we know he's a hundred percent healthy. I don't, it is the playoffs. They didn't rush him back before that, but it's the playoffs and they want to have every chance to win. So they try to give him a shot and it just wouldn't surprise me, I guess is what I'm saying. If, if it doesn't go his way. I hear you. Yeah, that that's it's just one of these spots where it wouldn't be shocking at all. I I was shocked last week that Acres was as popular as he was because you had Fournette, you had a, a low owned Aaron, lo, relatively low owned Aaron Jones, uh, who had had several weeks to rest. Right, you had Derrick Henry. Not to say that that played out as we we thought it would, but the, the list goes on. Even Devin Singletary, who had been a workhorse, so it shocked me. Uh, the workload was there, and if it's there again this week you'll, you'll take 24 carries, right? You'll take that, but it's not a, it's not a phenomenal matchup. It's, it's easier than Tampa Bay. Their run defense is very good and they're a pass funnel defensive, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird spot. So we'll see. Are you going to have any Sony Michelle? Uh, in, in showdown for sure. And probably we'll sprinkle him into a few uh, lineups. I, I think a lot of it's going to depend on what, what we find out from, from Henderson here uh, in the, in the near, I think we'll know today, I, I would guess, but uh, yeah, keep an eye on that. All right. Benny says you, you're not concerned that they haven't been able to run on San Francisco this season. Sure. I mean, they, they really haven't, they haven't ran that great altogether recently. If you think about it and they had a couple spots there, but, but really for the most part, no, it, it hasn't been very good. So anyway, I think that the taking the cam acres like under bets on uh, odd shopper are kind of interesting as well. We do What's have rushing prop at uh, 60 and a half yards, which, which we have the uh, over as a slight positive ROI, but, but I think there's just like so much risk there that I think it is well worth um, well worth considering. Yeah. I don't hate that at all. Yeah. We got him what 59% expected win rate. It's really not, it's a volatile spot for sure. Yep. I don't think there's any denying that. All right, what else we got here? Oh, uh, yeah. How about how about Joe Mixon and Eli Mitchell? You talked about Mitchell a little bit, but uh, and you talked about obviously Mixon when we were talking about stacks. But is Mixon going to be as it stands right now your highest owned running back? Do you think? Yeah, I like both of those two. Um, you know, we'll see what what happens with these Rams ones. But those two, these two, are be my highest. I have them both about uh, a similar amount and probably the most overweight. Um, I mean, Mixon hasn't gone over 100 rushing yards since Week 12. That's not encouraging. But they're always going to get him the ball near the end zone. He scored uh, last week. I wouldn't be surprised to see him do that again. His price is high, but. I think it's reasonable uh, price point. So yeah, I think I'll, I'll go with, go with him a fair amount as well as Eli Mitchell. Um, one of the 
you know, we talked a little bit about mixing on, on stacking. I think his prop over on odd chopper is kind of interesting is, uh, Mixon under 30 and a half receiving yards. So I said, just said how much I uh, love Mixon and we'll have him in a lot of my lineups, but uh, he's gone over that 30 and a half yards three out of the last four games, which I think is what is kind of getting people biased towards that. And it, it makes sense because that's, that's what he's doing. But he, before that he had only gone over that total three out of 11. So I mean, he certainly could have a, a completely different game script where they're just, you know, not trying to pass it as much and trying to keep the ball out of uh, the, you know, out of the chief's hands and, and Mahomes. So I think that that is certainly a possibility to uh, as a nice hedge for taking that under bet. And, and we have that as one of our uh, highest props uh, ROIs as well. So the one thing I like to do with some of my prop bets is, kind of, especially if they are good ROIs, is take an opposite approach than what I have in the DFS world, because DFS is like a completely different world from sports betting, and you could really like Mixon for so many reasons in DFS, but if he has a bet that goes the opposite way in sports betting that, that I really like, it's a, it's a perfect place for me to kind of hedge a little bit without really taking bad bet on either side. I like that. And to be clear, you're under on the 30 and a half yards is, is more betting and, and not, and a lot less related to DFS. Cause there's some comments in chat that, that seem to have assumed otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I still love him from a, from a DFS perspective. And I think that he's going to be one of my most popular guys, but, but yeah, I think that that's a good way just to diversify both your sports betting and uh, DFS play. Yo, you guys should check out the parlay builder at Awesomeo too. It's 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 awesome, and you know it give you multiple sports that you can work with too. So if you're trying to build like a five leg parlay, you get football, baseball, it's just or football, sorry, basketball. We have NHL on there too now, so a lot of different ways. We have arbitrage betting. Check that out. Uh, just everything. Oddshopper.com. It's free, uh, and I honestly wouldn't even tell you guys about it if I didn't truly believe in in, in what we're doing over there. Or I would, but I kind of just gloss over it, you know. But no, it's it's awesome. All of our projections, you have expected ROI on all these bets, expected win rate. We find the best bet for you at whatever book. Uh, you got the parlay builder, the arbitrage page, just a million different ways to to bet smart and win more. Uh, and why would you not want to do that? All right, Steve, how about um, how about the top wide receivers here? Cooper Cup, Terry Kill, Debo. Jamar Chase, all of these guys are, you know, the ones on their respective teams. Do you have any priorities here? And are you going to go ultra heavy on any specific stack this week, which will just lead to one more or more of a Tyree kill or a Jamar Chase or a cup? So the, yeah, if we, if we think about stacks first, and then I'll talk about some of those specific ones, the, the quarterbacks are really priced pretty good, I would say. And the, that makes the stacks kind of interesting to kind of spread yourself out a little bit. But the one that is getting way more ownership, and it's because Mahomes looks so much different than the others. You know, it's like which one of these things aren't like the others. That's definitely Mahomes with this group of four, four quarterbacks, and his ownership is showing it. So I think I'm probably going to stack the Chiefs the least and probably mix in, mix up the other 
quarterbacks a bit to to go uh, to go with all of them, I guess. Okay. When it comes to Cincinnati, we we do have like slight negative leverage on our top stack tool, but not sure how much that matters on a two game slate. And one thing I like about them is you have guys like Tyler Boyd that are that are cheap. I've been saying all week I, I took the over on those passing or receiving yards. It's up a little bit, but we still haven't projected well over the thirty nine and a half. Uh, yards that you can get it out on DraftKings on Odd Chopper. But you have Boyd, you have Higgins, you have CJ Usoma. This is one of those teams where, like, if you are going with some of the value guys, we've seen them all put up big games throughout the year. We know that they only run three receivers. There's no other receivers that they're running. They're all playing almost 100% of snaps, and they're all running routes on, on pretty much every drop back. Usama has been very involved recently, particularly in the postseason. Um, and none of them are, are are wildly overpriced either. So Cincinnati and what could be a, a pass-heavy game script is definitely one of those teams I think you can do a lot of creative stuff with, Steve. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, they they are a great one to stack. I think Burrow is interesting to stack with, whether you stack him with Chase, um, Boyd, Higgins, Uzma. You, you could do a full onslaught and hoping that they're kind of trying to come back. Uh, because you can't get to a full onslaught maybe of the Chiefs. I think that is a, a pretty interesting approach. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think that that's going to be a pretty good approach. I, I do like your call on Tyler Boyd. He's one of the guys that I have uh, a pretty good interest in, especially because we see Chase and Higgins being so popular. And why not, right? They're, they've been great all year long. So, Remember back in the preseason when everyone thought Jamar Chase didn't remember how to catch a football? That was, oh that was my good god! Times. Yeah, of course, because of the preseason <laughs> drops. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> so and then he goes on to have like the the best season. It, it was actually <laughs> was it, it was uh, of all rookies, right? So, I mean, it oh, was yeah. it was it was funny because I was doing a lot of our like preseason props on, you know, season long yardage and, and stuff like that for us. And, and a lot of those sh- shout out to those, they, they hit, hit on huge um, ROIs on those. So check those out next year, but the sports books were very consistent. They weren't changing props for anybody, but they, but they actually did move Jamar chase down. So even the sports books were in on this narratives and wasn't he and, in like the seven high seven hundreds. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think he was around there, like, and it might have even dropped lower by by the end. Everyone else, they they were pretty much set with where they are, and then <laughs> nope, we're, we're moving Jamar Chase. But, anyways, I, I think that Chase makes a lot of sense. I think I think I'm going to probably be overweight on on all of these guys, including Uzuma, um, just just because I think me going away from the Chiefs a little bit is going to give me a chance to. Uh, get overweight on some of these other guys. I like it. That, that's that's what I'm trying to do as well. I haven't built lineups yet, but it'll be interesting to see what you can do coming back on the other side with Kansas City too. Because like if I'm stacking Cincinnati, I definitely want to have my fair share of Kansas City coming back, even if I don't have Mahomes. Um, hey, NBA player rankings totally free today. We got the live before lock show coming up, deeper dive tonight, all of that stuff right here on YouTube. But uh, if you want to get a jump start, player rankings are free. Uh, the strategy show just happened. You can check that out once we're done. NHL top stacks tool is free. MMA rankings are free. So uh, head over there. Otherwise, go to awesome.com slash join. You can do weekly, monthly, annual, one sport, every sport, whatever, whatever you want to do. No matter 
whether whether it's, it's tough right now financially you just want to jump into an express pass for 395 a week or you want to make a legitimate investment and, and and go for the full year for every sport that we have whatever you want to do month year doesn't matter go to awesome.com slash join check it out and uh, if you have questions you can hit me up on twitter my dms are open i, I don't mind answering those for you all right steve couple things to get to here and then we'll wrap it up with our top fades top pivots and our favorite bet of the week george kittle since our most recent iteration of of ownership he is around 33 percent, and he has fallen not far behind but he has fallen behind now tyler higby in terms of of how popular he'll likely be this week they're pretty much neck and neck though it's been an underwhelming handful of weeks for kittle could this be the week that we should say all right i got i'm gonna go back to this guy I, i'm not giving up on him and when everyone else decides that it's not time to play and maybe we should get there. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so you're right. He's been <laughs> underwhelming as even maybe putting it nicely for Kittle yeah, the way he's, he's been, been dog been, shit. But, <laughs> no fault of his own. Been playing. Yeah, no, yeah. no doubt. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but last week we saw that he was a major part of the plan. I mean, he got 63 yards. That's not like, oh, wow, that's an amazing type of game. But it just showed that they, when they really needed to, to step up, uh, they wanted to go to him. And that, that wasn't a high yardage game, right? So the, the score was quite low. So uh, that, that shows that if, when it comes push to shove, they're going to try to get it to him. And I think that that will be the same case again this week. I don't know if he completely makes a great pivot from uh, from Kelsey, but I think it's reasonable. I mean, he's a little bit cheaper, and he has the upside to be able to get to uh, Kelsey level. So I like having him a fair amount, and I think the uh, I'll probably be over on on his ownership uh, as well. And I think that I also like his bet over on Odd Shop of over fifty and a half yards as well. So. I just feel like that they're going to try to, you know, get the ball to him. We've seen Debo Samuel become more of a, you know, running back almost than, than a pass catcher over the last, since week 10, I, I kind of looked at some splits on Debo Samuel and since week 10, he has had 73 carries for 454 yards, which is, you know, pretty heavy that's like seven you know seven carries for 45 yards per game that's tough math there i know but that's um a lot and, and his targets have gone from six for 110 on 10 targets in the in the first weeks of the season all the way down to 3.5 for 60 for, on four and four and a half targets per game so uh, there's definitely a lot of opportunity there for kittle because of the way that they're using debo samuel and I mean, obviously they're using Ayuk more now as well. So I, th I think he's interesting, but when push comes to shove, are you going to want to get the ball to Kittle or, or Ayuk? And I, I feel like it's going to be Kittle more times than not. I like it. Yeah. And 33% at $5,000 on a two gamer really is not, not that popular. What about two tight end lineups? It, it feels like one of those weeks where you could definitely make that work. And, and one of the reasons being just that, it isn't, it isn't every week that a lot of the, the cheap value, like the best pass catching options could actually be found at tight end, whether it's Higby or Usama, both of whom have a little bit more touchdown equity than some of these other guys down near the bottom. Uh, is this something you're willing to do? Like a Kittle Usama or a Kelsey Usama, Kelsey Higby, Kittle Higby, maybe what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I was looking at that last night when I was looking at the the tight ends and and actually the total ownership of the tight ends is 141%. So a lot of people are going to go that route, it looks like, and it is primarily for those cost savings. And I think that makes a lot of sense uh, because, you know, Hickby and Uzma are getting so much, so many looks. The thing is, a lot of people are going to be doing that as well. So I think it might be one of those things where it funnels people into that two tight end approach a little bit. So I don't know. I might lean toward lean away from it in general. I think, I think it's by far viable. So I think it's more of a strategic plan that I might lean against it a little bit. Cause if you, if you're putting Higby and Uzma in your flex position for cost saving, just that, that, like I said, I think that's probably the most optimal way to build your lineup, but just remember everyone else is thinking that same way. And I think a lot of people are going to do it. All right. This has been fun, man. I'm glad we could do this. Like I said, you're a perfect person to talk strategy with us going into one of these. Cause it's easy to, it's easy to identify the good place, Steve. It's not, I, it's not easy to identify what the right strategy is and, and, and going into sites like this. So I think we covered a lot of it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be a fun Fun slate, fun two gamer, all the showdowns I think are going to be pretty interesting as well. So yeah, fun stuff. All right. This is how we wrap it up every week and shout out to Tyler Zander behind the controls today, doing a great job as always. Uh, Oh, and Hey, hit that thumbs up. We got 250 people watching. If you haven't done so yet, we forgive you. But if you, if you're mobile, close out of that uh, chat for a second, hit the thumbs up, come right back to us or you just forgot. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Uh, you're anonymous anyway, when it comes to that like button, but it does help us surprisingly enough. I, I wouldn't be asking you to do it if it didn't. So subscribe and, and hit that thumbs up. Appreciate you. Let's close it out. As we always do, Steve top fade, top pivot and favorite bet of the week. First, who are your top, who's your top fade and who's your t- uh, top pivot. All right. So I've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but I think my top fade overall is probably going to be the chief stack. Uh, that both Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Uh, I don't know so much, may, maybe Kelsey as well, but just that that stack in general, I think is going to be it. The, those guys are expensive. They are really good. And I am, you know, I'm prepared to lose a lot with this and look really bad from suggesting it. But <laughs> I, I think that that's the way that you're going to have to get a little bit different. Uh, and I think that that's pretty good. And to pivot away from that, I like going with the Bengals defense. Uh, not many people are going to have the Bengals defense. So I'll go all out and say, you know, go away from Mahomes and those guys and go with the Bengals defense instead. I love it. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little bit uh, off the reservation here, so to speak, not talking about the super popular guys, but just we're going to need some value in some of these. And we're going to be looking at stacking. We're going to be looking at some cheap wide receivers. For me, it's going to be getting away from Nicole Hardman and at very similar ownership, pivoting to Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson has been bad lately, but he's running routes on almost every single drop back. He's only been targeted on nine or 7% of those routes, though, since the playoffs started. But he's playing almost every single snap, 90 plus percent of snaps last week. He's on the field. And, you know, if if they, if it's not easy to do, but if the Niners do look to take Cooper Cup out of the game or at least make things more difficult, Van Jefferson could be a primary beneficiary. So he's the cheapest you're going to get him at sub 4K, like 14% ownership compared to Hardman's 13. 
And Hardman doesn't have to just worry about a cut, but he he also has a, a Tyree Kill, a Travis Kelsey, and a Byron Pringle, who's the number three. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it makes sense to, at similar ownership, pivot off Hardman to Van Jefferson uh, in if you're just one-offing these guys. Obviously, stacks are a little bit different. Love it. All right, Steve. Favorite bet of the week. Let's head over to Odd Shopper, Tyler, and wrap then put a bow on this one. Yeah, so the one I want to look at here is the Patrick Mahomes overs. So because I'm going to lose so much money on DFS going against Patrick Mahomes is I want to bet his overs over at Odd Shopper. Uh, we have his over passing yards at a 9% ROI, completions at 7%, and passing TDs at 8%. So all of them look like, you know, really nice bets none of them stand out as maybe like the best bet that we have but i like all of them and probably if i was going to bet one of them i would go with the passing yards uh slightly you know one because it's slightly higher roi but also i think it's just a little bit more likely to to hit there it also just it makes a nice pivot like i was saying on kind of my hedging strategy where if i think fading mahomes is good value on dfs and it's good to go strong on him on sports betting. It's a natural way to kind of diversify my portfolio and get good bets in on both sides. So, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, where I'm going to go for there. I like it, man. I'll go under on Juwan Jennings. Now, this is this, and, and also I should point out that keep an eye on on Van Jefferson's practice participation as well. Uh, with Mohamed Sanu back and. You know, Ayuk not getting targeted at all last week. I think that changes for sure. And I think the way that they beat the Rams is by keeping this ball on the ground and by not allowing the Rams to run away with things. And as we've seen with San Francisco's defense, they're very capable of doing that. So I think with Mohamed Sanu back and Brandon Ayuk, and you still have Debo getting some opportunities in the past game, plus Kittle, I'll go with the under on Juwan Jennings passing yards. We have it at a 68% expected win rate, 29% expected ROI. Uh, and we've got him projected a decent amount under that number. So it's 12 on the dot, Steve. Great stuff as always, man. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. I mean, every now and then I'll hop on these shows, of course, but I'm always working behind the scenes on, on different tools. Hit me up in discord. I'm, I'm there every Thursday, hanging out, taking uh, questions. So certainly kind of hang out, stop by, ask me some questions there. Or if you just ever have any questions, uh, feel free to DM me on discord as well, or hit me up on uh, Twitter as well at Steve Buzzard. I tell people every day when, when we talk about, like getting a free month of awesome with prize picks or, or, or signing up that the, the discord office hours where you come in. I mean, I think you are the most patient person in the world with so many of these questions. I mean it though. Like you genuinely want to help people and answer their questions whenever they're in that office hours. So uh, it's a, I think sometimes people forget that that's, that's uh, actually one of the, I'll call it tools available to you when you sign up at Osmo, get in the office hours, learn from the pros like Steve, let them help you better your game. Appreciate you guys as always. Steve, great work, man. Follow me at Lafay underscore D again. That's L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Shout out to Tyler Zander uh, for producing today's show. And uh, we'll be back with you next year for On the Contrary, but stick around. Tons of Super Bowl content will be coming up. NBA, PGA, everything in full swing. So you know what to do. Keep it right here. Locked onto the YouTube Awesome channel. Peace.